0: I'm Rachel Nielsen, and welcome to 3 in 30 Takeaways for Moms. You're listening to Episode 76. Welcome to 3 in 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being
1: here.
0: April marks the half birthday of 3 and 30, so I wanted to kick off the month with a special episode featuring you, the mothers of this community. You may remember back in October for the first birthday of the podcast when I asked all of you to think of your own three takeaways about motherhood or anything that's important to you and share those with me and with others in your life who matter to you. And that was such an inspiring month for me. I got to see your Instagram posts with your takeaways, read your emails, and listen to your voicemails of your own, what we called, My 3 and 30. And back in October, I compiled a bunch of your voicemails to air as a birthday episode, but there were too many to fit into one 30 minute episode. So it was always my plan to use the rest of those voicemails as a half birthday episode. And that's what you're going to hear today. I'm super excited. You'll hear from 12 mothers who have incredibly varied life experiences and wisdom to share. I do want to tell you up front that one of the women talks about teaching your children about their bodies and intimate relationships, which is an incredibly important topic But I've gotten feedback from listeners that you want a heads up at the beginning of the episode if we're going to be talking about things like that so that you can pop on headphones instead of listening over the speakers in your home. (laughs) So there's fair warning. And I'm sorry for those of you who've had a shock when I haven't done that in the past. As always, we do keep things incredibly appropriate and family-friendly always on this podcast, but I did want to tell you that in advance. To begin and end this episode, you will be hearing from two women who are especially important to me. At the beginning of the episode, you'll hear from Jill, who's a dear friend of mine, a loving mother and a grandma, and she is an incredibly talented quilter. She recently opened an online shop that sells the most gorgeous modern baby quilts you've ever seen, and she is the title sponsor for my upcoming Declutter Your Motherhood workshop in Utah. So every attendee of that workshop is going to be receiving one of her amazingly beautiful quilted makeup bags that I'm going to fill with goodies from other amazing companies and sponsors. I'm so grateful to Jill for her generosity in making my workshop possible, and I wanted to feature her here so you can get to know her better, and also go check out her quilts at jcoterie.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Go check out her website and give her some love. She is an amazing person. And at the end of the episode, you will be hearing from my assistant, Molly Alexander, who I love dearly and who truly makes 3 in 30 possible. She is the communications manager for the podcast, and she handles so many of the behind the scenes details of the show. If you ever email me, there's a good chance you'll be hearing back from Molly. So I wanted you to have a chance to get to know her better and hear her three takeaways. She really is at the heart and soul of the work we do at 3 and 30, and I'm so blessed to work with her. So Jill will be at the beginning, Molly will be at the end, and in between, there are 10 women with their three takeaways that are listeners of this podcast just like you. And to each and every one of you, I want to say thank you for being part of this community, for listening every week, for sharing the episodes with your friends and family, for helping the podcast to grow. And most of all, thank you for the incredible work you do in your own homes each day. I want you to be thinking of your own three takeaways that you could share with the people in your circle of influence as you listen to this episode, because you do have them. You are a remarkable mother with wisdom to share. Thank you for making 3 and 30 possible, and it's an honor to feature a few of you on the podcast today. Happy Half Birthday 3 and 30. It's been a great 18 months and many more to come. So here's my dear friend, Jill, to get us started with her three takeaways.
2: Hi, I'm Jill, owner of Jay Coterie Quilting. I'm from a small mountain town close to Sun Valley, Idaho. I'm married to a real life Idaho potato farmer, and we have four adult children. Did I mention that I'm a gam? I have three beautiful grandbabies. Gam Gam is what my oldest granddaughter calls me. At first it felt so weird to call myself grandma, but somehow Gam Gam, it just fits. I was able to launch my business last February on my 51st birthday. Is that what you're supposed to do when you're 50? Heck yes it is! I have always loved creating and when I discovered quilting, it became a real passion i quilt because i love the way quilts make other people feel it's my way of expressing the joy i feel when i'm creating and the love i feel when i can pass it on to someone else now i'd like to share my three takeaways of motherhood first it's never too late to start something new even if it scares you to death as you can see this new venture of mine scares me every day but it's the good kind of scary and second cut yourself some slack. You're probably not giving yourself enough credit. I always worried that I was messing up my kids and I probably was, but you know what? They're turned out and they are great humans. So I say to you, you're probably doing better than you think you are. And third, when I trusted my kids at the stove, and trust is kind of a big word, I taught each one of them to scramble an egg. That way, if I just couldn't face another meal prep Or if they didn't like what I cooked, they could scramble an egg and feel accomplished all at the same time. Now, I don't claim to have it all figured out, but like I said before, you are doing better than you think you are. So thank you, Rachel, for this opportunity here at 3 and 30 Motherhood is so important and I think what you are doing is amazing. Hi, my name
3: is Ashley and I am currently living in Utah. I have four kids. Recently, I started an Instagram page called Joyful Homes. This was not because I was a shining example of how to run a joyful home. It was because it was something I was striving for. Over a year ago, I had made a decision to stop running a preschool out of my home. I had done this for years with my kids alongside of me. It was the perfect mom job, I thought. After making this decision, I was in a major funk. It was hard to get out of, and I was unsure of how to do the mom thing full-time. So that's how my Instagram page became what it is, a way for me to focus on what I needed to do to create the type of home I wanted my kids to remember and grow up in. As I've reflected on the things that I've learned the past year, I first have learned that circumstances are just that, circumstances. Not negative or positive. It's what I make them. Ironically, for me, life seemed almost easier having a part-time job. I am learning to find the joy in my new circumstances. The second takeaway that I have was in suggesting I have learned to savor the simple moments. Reading stories with my kids, chatting during car rides, and the occasional spinning parties and airplane rides in the family room. The third takeaway, most important and still a work in progress, To-do lists will always be there, and my work as a mother and homemaker is never-ending. I'm the type of person that likes to find the finish line and sprint towards it as fast as I can, but I don't think motherhood works that way, and I'm learning that that's okay. I am grateful for this year of being able to learn alongside with many of the other listeners, and I'm so grateful for Rachel and her podcast. So happy birthday, 3 and 30, and I hope to grow old with you and listen and learn for a few more years.
4: My name is Emily Schofield I live in Kingsville Texas with my husband Landon my five-year-old daughter and my seven-month-old son I am a mom first and a registered nurse second I love faking insomnia and reading a good book way past my bedtime my three takeaways are for the mom whose child was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes my first takeaway is that education is power Ask questions, do research, attend classes, and find comfort in knowledge. My favorite book when my daughter was first diagnosed was Kids First, Diabetes Second by Leanne Callentine. Learn the difference between type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes, and don't be afraid to lead with love and educate those around your child. My second takeaway is that the number on the glucometer or the Dexcom is just a tool. When our little girl was first diagnosed, I took her numbers so personally, a high number had to be a direct reflection on my failure at being able to manage her diabetes. I have come to learn and read her meter as just a fact. Read the number, intervene if needed, and then move on. Sometimes you know why her numbers are off, and sometimes I never will, and that is okay. My third takeaway is to raise awareness. It took three weeks to figure out what was wrong with my little one. When it's so easy to test for diabetes, it should never take that long. It helps me to spread and raise awareness in my family and my community because I never want anyone to have to go through what we did with a misdiagnosis. Those are my three takeaways for the mom whose child was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes.
1: Hey, Rachel. Congratulations on your year birthday. I've got three takeaways for service. And sometimes as you feel the whisperings of how you can lighten another's load and create a smile, sometimes it's difficult to translate that intention into action. So these three takeaways help you to serve your family and others. The first takeaway is to take note. So when you hear of a need or when you feel a stirring in your heart, write that down. It can be in your calendar, on your phone, a reminder, an alarm that pops up. So put it for a time when you know you'll have a second to address that service. You can have a notebook. I keep one at church. Also, when you are reading the scriptures somewhere where you meditate or pray, that's a great place Mm -hmm. to put the notebook down because that's when I feel a lot of inspiration on who I can serve in my family or else in my community. Or write a sticky note and stick it somewhere you can stick it and look at it when you have a second to address the service. And the second takeaway is to simplify. So if it's something easy like a text, we'll send that right away because if you don't send that right away when you're feeling it, you're going to second guess yourself. You're going to be thinking this is a silly thing maybe to send or embarrassed or just send it because if it comes from a place of love, it's not silly and it'll be appreciated. Another way to simplify is to keep treats on hand. So if you're making cookies, you can freeze an extra few for another time when you'll need those to give to someone to brighten their day. These little things like little bags of granola and a note. Keep it simple with dinners. So if you're making dinner, make a little extra for a family or you can make a little serving for an elderly or a single person. Another thing with simplifying when you have a dinner to make someone. I like to make something that can be baked or heated up by the person later on in the day. So it's ready and hot out of their oven whenever they would like it. But that way I am making it in the morning when I am not dealing with the after school rush. And then I can also deliver it in the morning. And that is really great to simplify that. Another way to simplify is to stock up on notes, so you'll have them whenever you need to write a note, and stock up on little some things, like I like to stock up on bath bombs or the little cans of those, I think they're called cereal cookies, and um, you can grab little cans at the dollar store. Just little things to brighten the day and stock up on aluminum pans, all sizes, for whenever you need to give a little extra meal or serving to someone and stock up on cellophane baggies to stuff the treats in and they look pretty. And then takeaway three is to include your family. It makes it a lot easier to serve. Sometimes we have the little treat or the dinner ready to go, but a matter of getting it to the person is a little time-consuming. We don't know when we can do it. So employ your family. Um, Kids love to jump on their bikes and take treats and drop them off. There are a lot of empty nesters and and elderly people who love visits from children. And our children have built relationships with these lovely people who have invited them into their homes and really given them time and attention. So it's a win-win on both sides. And stock up your car on whatever you've got that day so that you can drop it off while you're on your way to ballet or soccer or whatever. Just to include it as a part of what you're doing in the day helps with getting that service to where it needs to go. And the family members can jump out of the car and run and drop it off or however it needs to be. Say hello. So I hope those little three takeaways are helpful in turning our service intentions into action. Thanks again, Rachel.
5: Hi, my name is Erin Thompson and I live in Farmington, Utah with my husband and our four children, ages 10, 7, 4, and 1. I've taught piano lessons for nine years and have three takeaways of how to make music lessons magical for your kids. They all start with A. The first takeaway is align with your family goals. What is your big picture for these lessons? For me, that big picture consists of teaching my kids a lifelong hobby developing frustration tolerance, using their skills in personal worship and church service, and developing a love of the arts. So take a step back and make sure the lessons are achieving what you want them to, or at least are headed down that path. Ask for your child's input. Consider the teacher's personality, the teacher's expectations, the type of music they are playing, your child's interests, and everyone's energy. Music lessons are definitely not one size fits all, but once you know they are aligned with your family goals, it will be easier to remain dedicated. The second takeaway is all by themselves. I always tell my students that my job is to work myself out of a job. I don't want them to need me. When they ask a question about where a note is or what a rhythm sounds like, I give them the opportunity to answer their own question. Instead of trying to put them on the spot, we talk about what they do know and how they can figure out the answer. Spend lots of energy practicing note names and note values. Two apps that I love are Note Rush and Flash Note Derby. The third takeaway is abracadabra. It's a practice. Teach them how to practice successfully. Consistency is key. Even five minutes every day is much more effective than a few long practice sessions. Break down the child's assignments into doable bite-sized tasks, even one or two measures, one hand by itself. This will truly create magical results much faster than slogging through an entire song over and over. We live in a highly stimulating digital world Practicing a musical instrument is basically the opposite of screen time. The stationary white piece of paper with foreign symbols and words takes energy and effort to decode. Delayed gratification isn't quite as enticing as a dopamine hit. Considering this, of course it will feel challenging for our kids to practice the piano. But remembering this has brought me a lot more compassion, understanding, and encouragement for them to do it anyway, even when it feels hard. Good luck, mamas, we're all in this together.
4: Hi, this is Christy Kerr. I live in East Valley, Arizona, and
6: I have four children ranging from ages five to 13. I love the idea of talking to our kids about sex, and my three takeaways are how to encourage us to feel comfortable and confident talking to our children about the most important relationship they're gonna have someday. The first takeaway that I have is, one, use the proper names. So much easier to talk about sex if we already have the proper names in place. It also helps our children decrease likelihood of being abused and also helps not to feel shameful or embarrassed about their bodies as there's nothing wrong with our body parts. The second takeaway that I have is to answer questions. And you want to make sure you're doing that calmly and maybe giving some more information so they can feel comfortable that I talk and ask more questions. If we're not there to calmly and rationally explain things and give comfort, they might turn to the internet or other sources for answers. And we want to make sure that we're the primary source. I like to think of questions beforehand so I can make sure that as I talk to my children that I might already have some good ideas on how to respond to something When your child suddenly asked, where do babies come from or how are babies made? My third takeaway is to keep on talking. Um, Conversations start with their young about bodies. And after we have the sex talk, we can continue having conversations with our children. One question I frequently ask my older son, who's 13, is, you know, when was the last time you saw pornography or have you been exposed to it in a different way? Because our children are going to have these opportunities, unfortunately, of seeing things that aren't for them. So we want to make sure that we can talk to them, remind them how to deal with it, and to keep having conversations about sex, and just continue those kind of conversations because as they get older, they can learn more information. I'm so thankful that I have been open and honest with my children. and We've had two sex talks so far, and they both have gone wonderfully, and I'm so thankful that they feel comfortable talking to me, and now um, the oldest is getting a little bit in the uncomfortable stage, which is kind of fun,
7: too. Thanks so much.
8: Hi, Rachel. Here are my three takeaways for your podcast birthday celebration. My name is Alicia Foster. I live in Mona, Utah. I have three little kids, uh, ages four, five, and six that are all adopted. And I just, I really love listening to your podcast. So I want to just thank you for your time and your effort and your insight. You just have a really amazing way with words and I appreciate you. Okay, so here are my three takeaways. First is in regards to adoption. I know because I've been there how frustrating and how heartbreaking it can be to be waiting for a long time to get a call from from an adoption agency or to hear what's going to happen with a little kid that you're hopeful for. But I am a firm believer that little children have a way of finding where they belong. I have no doubt in my mind that my children were meant to be in my home and with my family. Even though through all the doubt and struggle, I believe that God is guiding and orchestrating the placement of these children through adoption. I fully believe that they have truly, truly find where where they belong and where they need to be. Number two, in regards to what we might refer to as a difficult child, I have a couple of those. And I've done a lot of uh, studying and research over the past two years. And the number one takeaway that I have for you is just to find small ways to love your kids a little more. That's not always easy, but it's very important. And it's it's the best way that I have been able to see results with my kids. It's also important in those difficult times when you feel frustrated with your kids to give yourself a little more space, a little more compassion, and a little bit more love. Ask God to guide you as you guide your children and rely on that that motherly inspiration to help you with your kids. The third one is when you're having a particularly difficult time with one or two or maybe all of your kids and you're in that really dark place, uh, where you can't seem to find much good or much joy, it's okay to ask for help. Let a close and trusted family member or friend help you to see your situation from their perspective. This has been useful for me in those really dark times when you just, when you truly just have a hard, hard time finding the good. This is hard to say, but even just finding the good in your own in your own child because you're the mom you're supposed to see all the good and all the potential all the best things about your child but sometimes it's okay to rely on other people's observations and perspectives of your own child to help you see the good
9: as well hi my name is melissa lewis i live in colorado with my husband and four kids ages nine down to two and our fifth is coming this fall the last couple of years i've been working on a bucket list that has done nothing short of changing my life so today, my 3 and 30 is about turning your dreams into reality. My first takeaway is to write it down. But this isn't like your New Year's resolutions where you write it down and forget about it, but rather write them down every day or as frequently as possible. This way it's at the forefront of your consciousness. Now the way you write it down matters too. Try making your goals in present tense. Instead of writing, say, I want my kitchen to be clean, write, I have a clean kitchen. This mindset change in wording will blow you away. The second takeaway is to schedule it. I found I have two different types of goals, so there are two ways of scheduling them. For the daily things, I schedule a time of day to do that task. Not a specific time, per se, but pair it with something you do daily anyway. For example, if you have a goal to play the piano again, practice when you put your baby down for a nap. Or if you want your family photos organized, work on that before you wash your face at night. You get the idea. Some goals are a one-time event. If that's the case, get it on your calendar and or pay for it. For example, if you've always wanted to run a half marathon, get online, look up the races, and sign up before you have a chance to chicken out. I promise this helps motivate you to train for the event. Or if you've wanted to visit Hawaii, book those plane tickets. My last takeaway is to not expect perfection. For the goals that are supposed to be daily, I promise it's okay if you miss a day here and there. The fact that you've done it at all means you've grown. Or if there are things that you keep trying at and it feels like it's just not happening, then maybe adjust the goal to something more doable. Then for those goals that seem like the universe is conspiring against you accomplishing or you find that you actually hate that thing, then for heaven's sake, let it go. You've learned something about yourself and that's the whole point. My bucket list looks a lot different than when I wrote it two years ago and I've accepted that some things are just not meant to happen in this season of life if they're meant to happen at all. And there you have it. Those are my three takeaways for turning dreams into reality. One, write it down, two, schedule it, and three, don't expect perfection. I really hope you find some motivation to work on your own dreams.
7: Hi, I am a huge 3 and 30 fan. Um, My name is Amanda. I live in Texas, and I have two boys, two and under. This is how I make time for personal reading. I usually read a book a week, and many of my friends have asked how. As a mother of two, two and under and a husband with a really busy job, find the time. So first takeaway is get rid of unworthy distractions. Sorry, kids, dishes, and laundry are worthy distractions. TV, however, is not. Your time is precious. Don't squander it. Reading is an unbelievably good stress reliever. Our family got rid of our TV a few months ago, and we've seen so many benefits. We get together with friends more to watch football games, shows, etc. But since it isn't in our home, we don't watch it every day. Instead, we read. Social media is also an unworthy distraction. I feel so much better about my day and my life when I am finishing books and learning and having intelligent conversations and expanded views on the world and life rather than keeping up with the Kardashians. Second takeaway is I carve out the time. While my youngest naps, my two-year-old and I sit in the playroom. I read for a half hour and he gets free play. This teaches him to entertain himself, and I also love that he sees me reading and sees that books are important to me. Then he usually imitates me. Usually when my husband gets home from work, I take 10 minutes to unwind and read my book alone in my room. I'm so excited for bedtime so I can read some more. Last takeaway is make reading your happy place. I compile a list of every book I've ever seen recommended and that looks good to me. We make going to the library every week a really fun outing with my kids and I. I pick two books, just in case one sucks, with the children strapped into the stroller so they can't destroy things. Also, read what you like. I have tried loving to read self-help and parenting books, and I just can't. Novels, historical fiction, mystery, and juvenile fantasy really get me out of my head and my crazy life and absorb me into the book. I can't think of a better stress reliever, besides maybe listening to three and thirding. Reading has changed my life. Thanks so much, Rachel. You're the best.
10: Hi, Rachel. My name is Jerica. I am the mother of two little girls, Julia and Jenna. They're three and one. And about a year and a half ago, I decided to stop dieting altogether and embrace intuitive eating. And part of that meant learning to love my body. My curvy, chubby, plus size, Whatever word you want to use, my body, the way it is right now. And so my takeaways are three ways to start loving your body, especially if society says you shouldn't. Takeaway number one, examine your media. If every social media feed and every magazine you read is full of diet this and skinny that, you're inevitably going to start internalizing the message of this unattainable perfection. But it's not desirable. And even those girls, have doubts and self-confidence issues. So if we can remove ourselves from those negative voices, that's a great step towards loving ourselves. Takeaway number two, start with a step towards neutral. Instead of expecting to fall madly in love with your body right away, start by making simple neutral statements like, my legs are strong, my stomach is soft, I have stretch marks. Eventually, those things will be easy to say and you'll be able to speak more positively. And takeaway number three is to engage in joyful movement. I discovered this term while reading the intuitive eating book, but it essentially means that movement and exercise should be a source of joy and it should be a privilege. Rather than punishing our bodies for what we eat, if we start to celebrate them and use them, it can really change our mindsets and we can begin to see them in a whole new light. It takes some real reflection, And the result can look different for everyone. But these things, these three takeaways have really helped me to start to love my body. And while I don't love it every single day, I certainly don't hate it anymore. And it's not something that I really think about or obsess about, which I think is kind of the goal. So thanks, Rachel. Bye.
11: This is Jessica, and I live in Rexburg, Idaho. I have five kids ages 4 to 16. Anyway, my three in 30 tips are how to get a jumpstart on your day. Number one, get up before your kids. Depending on the phase of motherhood, sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes an hour. But those few minutes are precious and give you time to move on to number two and three. Number two is get dressed. After you get up, get dressed head to toe. Some like to work out in the morning, so my wardrobe consists of workout clothes, but if you don't exercise, get out of your pajamas and get clothes on. Being dressed helps us to be out the door in a flash if we need to be. And number three is get one thing done off your to-do list. I listened to a speech given by Admiral William H. McRaven, and he said, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. It's not the fact that the bed's made, it's that you started your day accomplishing one thing, taking one thing off your list, and if you have time, there's An opportunity to do more than one, but start with one and you have gotten a jump start on your day before the house starts to move and the kids are awake. Thank you.
12: My name is Molly Alexander. I'm currently living in Idaho with my husband, Jeff, and three children, and I'm the communications manager for 3 and 30. So if you email in, you'll often be hearing from me. I absolutely love being behind the scenes at 3 and 30. I'm honored to be part of it, to hear your stories and connect with you. So, a little backstory for my 3 and 30. The smartphone era has pretty much shot my attention span. Add having babies and then actually raising babies to that mix, and there's a lot working against me for getting things done that make me happy, like reading, journaling, or embroidery. Here are three things I've learned. I call it, accomplish things anyway. I think it's probably actually a forgotten line in Mother Teresa's poem, anyway. First, become proficient in the in-between. The 10 minutes here or there when your kids don't need you, this takes practice. It will be something you completely miss at times because the quiet moments just feel so right. But it also feels good to accomplish something and use your brain, I promise. Second, be okay with progress in tiny increments. It might seem ridiculous to only read three pages of your book at a time, but put up the good fight. It's worth it, and your kids also need to see you trying. This last one comes from last week's Encore episode, which originally aired as episode 16, about being the mom you are instead of the mom you think you should be. Please don't wish you were a different kind of mom. Hone in on your gifts and chase what you're drawn to, even if it seems silly. We can't all be Joanna Gaines and thank heavens because then who would be our inspiration?
0: I am so grateful for the women who shared their My 3 and 30s, and if you are interested in getting a copy of all of those takeaways, I send out an email on the first Friday of every month with all of the takeaways from the past episodes of that month, and this month all of those takeaways that you just heard from those 12 Remarkable Mothers will be included. So make sure that you get signed up, it will actually go out this Friday, which is the first Friday of April. You can sign up at 3 and 30 podcastcom forward slash takeaways, or I'll have a link in the show notes. I also wanted to remind you to go check out my friend Jill's quilt shop. I'm so grateful to her for sponsoring my upcoming workshop in Utah. It's j coderycom and I'll have a link for that in the show notes. It has been my privilege to spend the last 18 months learning more about motherhood through producing this podcast and through each one of you. Thank you for being part of this community. I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. And wherever you are on your journey, please know
11: I am rooting for you.